Well, hello, my name is Amari Porter. And while I know you are used to the lovely Katara Poland as your usual podcast host, today is a special episode. I will be taking over as a guest host as Lover Worm's first intern to interview Ms. Poland today, where we will discuss not only the motivation behind the branded accomplishments Ms. Poland has, uh, has earned, but also delve a little deeper into the woman behind it all. So stick around and stay tuned for this exclusive interview. Now, while Ms. Poland doesn't need much of an introduction for all of the amazing things she has done, uh, I will outline some of them here just to give an out- idea of the outstanding women featured here today. CEO and founder of Love for Words Editing Boutique, Ms. Poland is a nine times published author, editor, and speaker, as well as the creator and hostess of this podcast, Editors Knows Best. She has served on numerous panels, including Wood Library, the Ladder Literacy Conference, and four mentors of Greater Rochester, to name a few, while also founding and hosting her own forum entitled Writer's Paradise. In 2020, she, lit, she launched Literacy Love, a scholarship for high school students going to college, where she was able to help three students buy textbooks and supplies. She has also been featured on local news channels, WROC 8, WAM 13, and Spectrum News, and also in the Rochester Business Journal, where she was also nominated into the Women of Excellence category as of 2019. Now, the list could absolutely go on with all that Ms. Poland has done with her career, but I think it'd be best to hear from her directly. So thank you for allowing me to host you today, Ms. Poland. How are you today? You're welcome, and thank you so much for interviewing with Mari. It's been a pleasure working with you, and I'm glad we're able to be on this podcast today. Um, I am doing well today. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little chilly outside. I'm staying New York. All right. After hearing everything and all these accomplishments and things that you've managed to do with your entire career, dedicating yourself to it, um, what was that like? Like the journey to becoming an author and editor for you? Was there any prior motivation or any kind of personal influences that set you out? For sure. Um, So I started writing uh, when I was in middle school. I've always loved reading and writing. Um, I remember like going to the library with my mom and checking out books and um, being able to go to like bring your you know daughter to work day and seeing what she and my dad did at work um, I spent a lot of time with my aunt Shelly as well um, who was an educator um, she taught for over 20 years in the Rochester City School District so um, being able to also go to work with her and see what she was doing all of that really fostered my you know love for learning and love for reading and writing and actually when I was in elementary school I actually read to other students so I was you know, a little girl reading to other students who are just a little bit younger than me. So um, when I was young, I just realized, you know, words were powerful and that um, reading and writing really could, you know, make for a, a better future for myself and my family and, you know, my peers and other people. So um, it was, you know, it's been a long time coming. I won't necessarily tell you how old I am, but <laughs> I've been, you know, reading and writing the majority of my life. So it was just a natural step for me to become an author. And actually, I was living in Savannah, Georgia at the time that I wrote my first book, Professionalism, What's That? And, you know, just from observations, I just realized that some people, you know, didn't know, you know, what, how to conduct themselves at work. Um, like, so the book talks about phone etiquette and email etiquette, how to dress for success. Um, so writing my first book was really um, a big deal for me. 
um, and being able to share my knowledge and, and give feedback and experiences in that book. Um, and then I've also written a book of poetry, which was more personal and talked about, you know, some of the things that I've experienced and gone through. So, you know, becoming a published author again, I think it was just um, a natural a natural achievement or a natural um, action when it comes to my life, just because, you know, literacy has just been so important. Um, so whether it was when I published it or later in life, I would have eventually published a book. So it didn't come as a surprise. Mm, yeah. Everyone kind of expected it. Yeah. <laughs> I was definitely that little girl that was reading everybody else too. I yeah. get that. <laughs> so the fact that you have so much love for everything that you do, obviously there are good things and then there are some things that are maybe not bad, but just not the most fun things mm-hmm. that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to your editing side of your business and not so much the writing, but what would you say would be like your least and most favorite part of the process of like editing a manuscript? Like you get a manuscript and you're like, hmm, yeah. <laughs> like this looks pretty fun. And then hmm, this, this might be a little nice to do. <laughs> yeah, um, I would say my most favorite part is hearing from the authors once they've gotten my edits back i'm hearing that they are that they see the value in the editing that they recognize that their book is better for the editing that they appreciate the insight um that that the questions that i pose and the suggestions that i've made have has increased their confidence in their writing um and that the way that i make my suggestions um is respectful um but also you know, showcases my expertise, but not necessarily um, putting them down or making them feel bad um, about what they've written. Um, So that's really my favorite part and like being able to go to the book launches or the book signings. Um, I I attend as many as I can. So that's always exciting to see it come to fruition. And, you know, when the clients post that they've gotten their proofs in the mail. So really for me, it's about the client interaction, the client feedback and client satisfaction. Of course, I'm always excited to hear that clients, um, you know, have appreciated what I've done and that um, they value it and see it as important. Um, I would say my least favorite um, I'm not really sure. I guess maybe the the when there are really strict deadlines, um, that can be kind of overwhelming. Um, but it comes with the territory. Um, and then I mean the other part of that, and the opposite of client satisfaction is client dissatisfaction. Um, as a business owner, it comes with the territory. Um, you can't avoid, you know, getting a bad review or someone saying they um, didn't like the edits or, you know, whatever. So that can be uncomfortable, but with time and um, confidence and patience, um, you just realize not everyone will be and you have to respond accordingly. You know, you don't want to take it personally. You never want to become argumentative or, um, you know, disrespect the client. You have to respect uh, whatever feedback they they do give you. Um, And in that case, you know, for those of you who are listening, who are going into business, just know you're not alone if you have a client who who wasn't satisfied with the service or product. Um, Just take what you can from it and see how it can help you become better because oftentimes in that critique there is truth and there's always a way to improve yourself even if um you know it doesn't feel good to get that feedback um it can make you a better editor or business owner 
a writer whatever role that you're in so don't be um, don't be afraid to take the the constructive criticism that may come from your clients <laughs> right right yeah you can tell that you really like the most favorite part really speaks a lot about yeah. you as a person i think because being able to focus more on what's making the client happy and being able to find joy in that really kind of shows that you really are like in the right path mm-hmm. like for yourself and yeah. as much as you've devoted <laughs> to it <laughs> <laughs> but so then rises the question because everybody chooses their own medium mm-hmm. um some people go into fiction because they like to read novels mm-hmm. and so on and so forth but you've chosen non-fiction as your yes. primary medium and, uh what is the reason behind that yeah, for me, um, I think it kind of aligns with my personality. I'm pretty uh, straightforward and um, I think most people would say reserved. Um, so I feel like the nonfiction is, um, I don't really know how to describe it. There's less, as, I don't want to sound bad, but there's less <laughs> like imagination with the nonfiction. So it's more so like kind of like fact checking almost. Um, but a lot of the works, that I edit are like memoirs and autobiographies and self-help. So I guess the the better answer is I like to learn. Not that you can't learn from fiction, but I find that in nonfiction, um, I really enjoy just being able to learn from, um, you know, the quotes that are in the books and the experiences from the authors that I work with, because a lot of them are talking about their personal lives. So, you know, to hear, you know, an author has overcome sexual abuse or an author has had a successful marriage for the last 20 years or an author who is currently um, dealing with um, infertility issues even if it's a topic that I haven't experienced I can always learn from it so for me it's really that learning piece that um, made me choose nonfiction over fiction um, and I've done fiction as well but um, I write nonfiction so I think it's just a part of who I am so it comes natural um, with my a capacity for learning and wanting to know more and also um you know wanting to encourage other people i think that's another reason why i do like the memoir biography self-help component or genres um because it's really about supporting people and a lot of what i'm doing when i'm editing is um you know validating their their feelings and emotions um, i'm not just there to you know mark of the manuscript with my red pen it's really about the relationship Um, and I know you know some people are nervous about working with an editor but um, the most important part will be that relationship and then everything else will fall in line what you were saying about the learning more from the nonfiction for you it's mm-hmm. like everybody's a student their entire life everybody's right. not ever learning something so <laughs> that is a really nice add-on to why you're having so then uh levying off of that then so then from the nonfiction projects that you've worked on which one well which ones kind of were like more personally interesting to you or like what kind of topics are more personal um i mean i've worked on quite a few now since 2017 so um uh there's one her name is jakima jones and she wrote i can't remember the name of the book forgive me um she wrote a book about how to have a successful marriage so um that was eye-opening for me so i'm not married i've never been married but as someone who aspires to be married um i definitely learned a lot of lessons from her um she was vulnerable in her in her book 
um, and talked about some of the ups and downs of marriage and uh, being in a relationship and how she grew and she had to mature to, um, you know, blossom in her relationship with her husband. So um, it was, I have been very blessed in my upbringing in life compared to, you know, other people who go through lots of adversities. You know, I, you know, was able to, you know, go to a private school and I went to college and, you know, I have a home and things like that. So I find it, I'm drawn to those who have stories that are um, different than mine, who maybe had to overcome some battles that I didn't. So um, when I read stories like that, I'm always grateful because it shows me, you know, how uh, blessed and privileged that I am. Um, but it also humanizes me because I realize not everybody, you know, has had my experience. So those two books really uh, resonated with me. And the majority of the clients that I work with are Black women. So just being able to work with women like me, um, a lot of them are business owners too. So, um, you know, reading their stories and what they overcome is always um, inspiring for me. So it's, it's always a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, those ones that really kind of like stick with you too. Those, mm-hmm. those are nice to kind of hold on to, even yeah. if it's not an experience you've gone through personally. You still right. kind of learn through somebody else's story. Right. Love that. So it's kind of uh, shift gears just a little bit. So editors know that we know that this is the name of the podcast, but this is also the name of a book that you have written as yes. well. And so we'll kind of explore the double entendre of what editors know best, what it means to retire full in a little mm-hmm. bit. So editors know best as the podcast is a good form for editors and writers, both aspiring and established alike. Mm-hmm. Um, what inspired you to begin the podcast in the first place? And like, what is your primary goal, I guess? Or what do you expect for listening to gain from doing it? Yeah, so I started Editor Knows Best right at the height of um, the pandemic onset. Um, so this was March of 2020 is when I started it. Um, and I really wanted to create a, pl- a platform for Black literary creatives um, to be able to talk about their experiences and what they have learned, um, give recommendations and advice and have a platform to be comfortable um, and not feel they had to shield or um, water down who they were um, because, you know, so often we're expected to. So I really wanted authors and editors and publishers and literary agents to be able to come here and, you know, talk about their journeys and what they experience on their journeys, whether they published a book or they publish books, whatever area of the literary field, um, is really an opportunity for you to be authentic. Um, and then more importantly, for the listeners to be able to glean from the guests. So lots of our listeners, you know, are in the field, they want to become authors or editors, and they're looking for mentors, so to speak. Um, and as you probably know, it's not always easy to find a mentor. So um, this is one way to fill that gap and, you know, hey, I can tune in every two weeks and I'll be able to meet um, a professional who uh, might become my mentor down the line. He or she might share something that changes my life. They might talk about a resource that I didn't even know existed. Or they may simply just say, um, I too was a survivor of domestic violence. And um, that's another connection. So while the, the genre is literacy, um, of course, there are many elements that are covered throughout the podcast. So, like, I've had a guest who um, is the executive director of Freedom School, Jeremy Smith, 
Um, he can't, he's been on the show. So he's not an author, he's not an editor, he's not a publisher, but he's working with black children um, and he focuses on literacy. So that easily ties into Editor Knows Best um, just cause you know, it, it falls under literacy. Um, and then just a, a fun fact, I chose the title Editor Knows Best from the show what is it, Father Knows Best, I think it's called. Oh, and I really just wanted to do something <laughs> catchy. Like, not that, you know, we don't necessarily know best, but I figured if people heard that or saw that, they'd be like, do they really? And two men. <laughs> so I thought that was a really uh, cool title. So that's why I chose it. And then the ebook is like a one-on-one guide for those who are interested in editing. So it breaks down the types of editing, uh, what to expect from an editor, what not to expect, and just gives you an overview, again, for, it could be for editors, but also authors, authors who don't know, you know, what they're walking into when they're hiring an editor. So it's really um, an introductory guide for those who want to know, who need the basic knowledge about what to expect in the editing component. And I actually read that ebook <laughs> myself, and it is a very helpful resource, especially for someone who is starting off. Me being an intern, I definitely did learn a lot through that. It was very clear and concise. <laughs> Probably one of the best things I still reference yeah. to this day. So highly recommend that. Thank you. <laughs> um, so then, moving into uh, not just editors know best as the book and the podcast, mm-hmm. but then also just love for words overall. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a powerful presence in the black community for those who want to have their stories mm-hmm. told in their own words. Uh, being an editing servicer that specifically markets and works with the black community has surely contributed to many black voices being heard as a result, of course. Um, like, what are your thoughts about your contribution to this movement? And uh, what are your future goals towards it? Uh, any milestones or anything that you want to reach that you haven't reached? Yeah. Um... I am ecstatic and also honored that I'm able to um, push the agenda of, of Black literacy. Um, I, When I started my company, um, one of the foundations was thinking about the history of literacy and Black people in this country. I'm at a point where it was illegal for us to learn how to read and write. And we were literally murdered for that. And also tying it to today, where there are lots of of Black children and adults who are illiterate. Um, Black parents who are able to read with their children or write with their children or um, fill out job applications or fill out a DBA um, because they don't have that uh, level of reading. So for me, it's imperative that I'm a part of closing that gap. Um, And for those who you know, want to become authors, I'm here to help with that piece. So, I mean, the editing piece, of course, is necessary. Um, I am an editor, so that's what I do. But as I always say, the most important part is fostering the confidence in the author and also fostering the relationship with the author and not just focusing on what can be done better, but highlighting the strengths of the author. And that's the feedback that I get from my clients, that they really appreciate that. I take the time to um, compliment them, you know, that I'm saying, oh, I really like this metaphor that you used. Or, you know what, I also went through that. So that's going to resonate with your readers. Mm-hmm. Or a, a LOL or a smiley face <laughs> in the comments. So, you know, I'm, I'm human too. I'm not, you know, a machine. Right. Um, so I just... I think it's very important for uh, Black people to have their own platforms and their own 
um, you know, and have professionals in their own communities to help them um, to offset, you know, the racism that they or we may encounter when we work with those outside of our culture. So, you know, I have clients I've worked with who, you know, have been scarred working with uh, white editors who, you know, don't understand the culture, they don't appreciate it, and they don't value it or respect it. So instead of, you know, handing over their manuscripts for a critique, they're being judged mm-hmm. um, because they're using names like Attire instead of Catherine, or they are talking about things that are specific to our culture, which of course we've been taught is inferior. Mm-hmm. So it's not an easy job but it's definitely necessary. So I'm just glad that I can be a part of getting our stories out there um, the way they they should be out there without, again, feeling uh, we have to censor ourselves or uh, be whitewashed or, you know, have our our stories literally rewritten where there's Black authors who get their manuscripts back and it's been rewritten. Their voice has been removed and um, it doesn't feel good. Um, to experience that so I'm just glad that I can be a part of of fixing that so that you know black authors have black editors they can work with and trust yeah and that definitely is important especially when it comes to just the cultural sensitivities of having multicultural environments where sometimes there could be something and mm-hmm. so it is nice to have like places like authors where black authors can come to and know that all the cultural references that they make will be understood and kept and respected mm-hmm. throughout the rest of their uh, manuscripts. For sure. It definitely is important. <laughs> um, so we have spoken about uh, entire Poland and what her businesses mean mm-hmm. to her and how she came to be who she is today, or how you came to be who you are today. <laughs> but to speak less about the business side and more about just you mm-hmm. um you've mentioned in your previous episode on the other than press podcast entitled who is katyra mm-hmm. um it was um, i believe it was about 17 minute long podcast mm-hmm. of just you talking about you mm-hmm. <laughs> and honestly when people look at like uh ceos and things like that they see the business but mm-hmm. there is as you mentioned earlier there is a person that yeah. is behind that too yeah. and i think that's something that's really important mm-hmm. to explore a little bit too um, but on that episode of Who is Gatira, mm-hmm. um, you mentioned that you've written songs in the past mm-hmm. and you listed several artists that you also personally enjoy, including India, India Ari, mm-hmm. uh, J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, Usher. Mm-hmm. Um, what role does music play in your life? Oh, yeah, I love music. Um, you know, much like writing, music has been a part of my life for a long time. I actually, um, I was in choir in middle school, high school, and then I did like a choir course in college. So I do sing. Um, I don't sing in public, but um, I enjoy singing. Um, you know, I sing at home and stuff like that. So um, music is a huge component of who I am. Um, and like many other people, it helps me express myself. Um, and it's just very, it can be very soothing. It can be um, comforting. So music is, you know, I wake up and I, I listen to music. Um, so a lot of times I'm listening to music while I work. So it just serves as therapeutic for me. Um, but it can also, you know, be a fun component. Like if I'm going out or whatever, um, it can pump me up. But um, yeah, but music is, is uh, very special to me. Actually, I had started taking 
piano lessons before the pandemic and I haven't picked it up again. But that's something I would certainly love to continue. I'm trying to think, I didn't play any other instruments. I did the recorder, but I mean. <laughs> I think it's the recorder, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't study any um, music. Uh, my brother did play an instrument, I forgot what it was, maybe clarinet. Um, and then I don't remember if my mom, um, played instruments, but I know she was in the band. So, I mean, music is huge. My first concert was Janet Jackson, Usher. So um, from there, it only gets better, right? Um, My most recent concert was Kendrick Lamar in Boston. So that was phenomenal. Um, He's definitely one of my um, absolute favorite artists. I just love, um, he's so simple that he's profound, you know, like, I mean, he could, he could say just about anything and your, your mind's blown. Um, and I just appreciate his humility as well um, and his authenticity and honesty that he doesn't want people to think he's like not human. Mm-hmm. So um, I really, Kendrick is definitely one of my favorite artists. I know you were excited when that new album came out. Oh, it yeah. Was a long yes. time coming. <laughs> I was excited too. Yeah. Um, and then uh, also in that in that same episode, mm-hmm. uh, you did also mention you have a love for traveling too. So yeah. I said you went to Boston for the Kendrick Lamar concert, mm-hmm. uh, concert. You also said that you've been to Puerto Rico yes. to study. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I studied <laughs> there for a semester. Um, I had a joint major, sociology and Spanish. So, um, of course, I went there to, you know, immerse myself in the the Spanish culture and language. Um, I learned a lot. All of my classes were in Spanish. um, So that was (laughs) that was new for me. Um, But it forced me to, you know, get a better handle on the language um, and helped me be more comfortable in the language. Um, I mean, I had a good time there. I was, I lived right across the street from the campus. So, you know, there was a lot of activities for the students. Um, I met people at those activities. They had excursions for us. Um, and then I did some of my own exploring. They had beautiful gardens down there. So I would just take their, you know, subway and go explore. Um, so that really, that was my first time traveling, um, first time flying at least. So that was my first long distance travel. So that kind of kickstarted everything else. and. Um, I had started a tradition of going to a different location every year for my birthday. Um, so, you know, LA, um, Vegas, um, you know, I, I like Atlanta. I haven't been there in a while. Um, I like to go to Toronto. Um, I'm going to South Africa. Um, <laughs> in a, yeah, in November. So I'm looking forward to that. So I just want to continue to travel. And I just encourage, you know, listeners who, you know, the listeners, if you haven't traveled to do it, um, it gives you a different perspective on life um, because you're able to, you know, go other places and um, see how other people live. Um, Like I lived in Savannah, Georgia for three years. So um, it's just, you know, I did a lot of traveling while I was there because they're located to so many uh, they're close to so many big cities like Charlotte and Jacksonville. So I would just wake up like on Saturday morning and just drive somewhere and spend the day there. So, um, yeah, so you don't have to, you could start small and then grow, but I definitely encourage everyone to uh, travel. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think traveling is a much 
so you actually just kind of like lead into my next question was because in that uh, episode you did mention that you were waiting for like that big international trip mm-hmm. but you're mentioning South Africa now yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask has it happened yet mm-hmm. um but not yet but it's happening so yes so you kind of love me off of that then what would be the thing that you're most excited for then to that South Africa um, it's a group tour, so I'm just glad I don't have to set up the itinerary. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a group. <laughs> it's a group one, so I'm excited about that. Um, and just just being able to see the land. I've never been to Africa, so um, I'm excited about that. I know it's a very historical, beautiful, magical place. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, there's some shopping involved, so that's always exciting. Um, and then trying the cuisine as well. You know, seeing what what um, excites my palate there, <laughs> um, and it's supposed to be pretty warm, so I'm looking forward to that because it'll be cold here. Um, so yeah, just being able to connect with others, uh, the others who are part of the group tour, and then you know, learning about the culture in South Africa. That actually sounds amazing. Well, mm-hmm. so, I'm jealous <laughs> <laughs> because by November it will be very cold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I hope you have a great trip and and have a great time while you're there too. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Other than that, uh, it's been great having you today. Thank you. So now I about <laughs> what your business means to you, but then also what the other passions in your life mean to you, and I kind of follow that plays into who you are. Mm-hmm. So, um, thank you for coming out. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And thank you everyone for tuning in. Again, um, this is Amari Porter. She's our very first intern at Love for Words. So I'm so uh, grateful for her. And thank you so much for interviewing me today. You did a great job. Um, So yeah, um, again, thanks to the listeners and the audience for tuning in. You know, Editor Knows Best airs every other Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find Editor Knows Best. Uh, Thanks everyone. Be safe and be well.